Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. If you or anyone you know has any information on this podcast, contact Joel or Sarah. Say hi. Hi, this is Sarah. <laughs> or our number one investigator, Aaron. Name disclosed, please. <laughs> uh, mystery man. <laughs> um, just make sure that my picture... Oh, it's a podcast and no one's going to see my face anyways. But make sure my, my, my appearance and voice are... Uh, are altered. Uh, altered. Oh yeah, we can also change... We can change your voice. Give me <laughs> <laughs> altered voice. And that's when I went in the backyard and I saw the Fresno alien. <laughs> The Fresno alien was light lighting up the the sidewalk steps, just like in that Michael Jackson video. Is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> the drawing of the Fresno aliens way more scary than yeah. the picture. Well, because of Fresno, uh, it just looks like a pair of pants, but <laughs> which it might just be. But still. <laughs> it, it's a pair of pants in like stilts or something. A pair of, a pair of glow in the dark pants. <laughs> All this and more on our current episode of Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space. The movie this week is The Mothman Prophecies, from 2002, directed by Mark Pellington and written by Richard Haddon, based on John A. Keel's book, starring Richard Gere, Laura Linney, uh, why, why would you put that person there instead of the actual person who stars in it? Will Patton, thank you, and uh, Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing. A cameo by Deborah Messing <laughs> as the lady who sees something and then crashes a car. Spoiler. <laughs> she crashes a car. What, what's so, the, what's uh, the lady's lady cop's name? Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Yeah. That's the actress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. His wife's name was Mary, played by Deborah Messing, and Laura Linney's character was named Connie. Connie. Connie Mills. Officer Connie Mills. Anyway, uh, so I picked this movie because I love this podcast called Astonishing Legends. It's a podcast done by uh, Scott Philbrook and Forrest Burgess, and they talk about different, like, legends and, you know, ghost stories and, you know, obviously the, the more famous of Dot Love Pass. They've done Mothman, obviously. They they do things that are not necessarily out of this world. Also, that are just like persistent mysteries. They have they go in deep into the history on things. It's a really good podcast. I highly recommend it. And they have a basically a five part series on the Mothman, not including when they interview the screenwriter for the Mothman Prophecies, where I think they do talk about it a little bit with him. But uh, one of the very first things when you're listening to the Mothman 
uh, series is them talking about how they really like the movie and uh, they thought it was good. And I, having seen this back in the early 2000s, like when it probably just after it came out, I don't think I saw it in the theater, liked it too. Thought it was atmospheric. Thought it was an interesting story. And, you know, anytime somebody's like, oh, it's based on a true events, uh, it's that that's going to be like, yeah, I got to I got to check this out. You know, I got to figure <laughs> out more about yeah, this. Yeah, man. Yeah. So let me let me just say before we get into this, that I really like that podcast. And I really didn't like the movie this time. And I hope that nobody takes offense that we're. We were going to tear into this because That's fair enough. We've got the general feel. We got a general feeling all together here. So, what do you guys think of the Mothman prophecies? <laughs> well, thank you, Joel, for 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 that uh, open open disclosure of, of how we all feel about it. I caught this movie a few times on cable and or satellite uh, television over the years, and. It, it's always little snippets here and there, but I remember the, the feeling I had at the time is like, man, this movie looks real serious. Like, real, this is a serious time. Really creepy. <laughs> real serious here. Like, it's serious business, Aaron. Yeah, no, I can, and you're right, because, because anything dealing with a Mothman, it's, it's gotta be pretty serious. I agree. I agree. Um, so yeah, you know, watching it in a, I guess, the correct order this time around, I was pretty underwhelmed. I was pretty underwhelmed, which was which is kind of a bummer because w- when you got such a cool cryptid like the Mothman involved, I was I was pretty excited for. Well, what are his prophecies? You know what's going on, and um, and so there there were definitely parts of the movie I liked, but I felt that the overall pacing of the film just kind of yeah left that's a okay. lot to be desired. But I'm here. I'm excited to talk about Mothman and uh, his prophecies. Momar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Momar? Is that, is that what he's known by his friends? That's all right. I'm going to call him Momar. Momar? Mothman Momar. Sarah? <laughs> well, I guess I didn't like it that much either. I guess uh, there are some funny parts that I don't think are intended to be funny. <laughs> um and I think partially the fact that we were all watching it together in the same room, like, we kind of were having a fun time and it was more lighthearted. But, like, maybe if I was alone in the dark watching it by myself, it would have been a little bit creepier or more jump scares or something. I feel like, um, based on the source material, that the source material makes it sound like it was a whole lot scarier than what happened in this movie. And, I mean, I guess the object, the objective wasn't necessarily to tell a true story of what happened with the Mothman. It was kind of, the story to me felt like Richard Gere's story, which is like kind of a composite character of people who had actual Mothman experiences or, you know, Alleged Mothman experiences. In that particular time period in Point Pleasant. Yeah. Right. It definitely wasn't a period accurate movie if it was supposed to take place at that point in Point Pleasant. It, it lends to the tale that Richard Gere's character is this reporter, though. Yeah. Because that, in that way, he can take all these sightings because mm-hmm. obviously he's trying to work on the case now. 
Right. So he can take all those sightings and, you know, make a cognitive story out of it. So definitely, you know, yeah, like you said, he's the mouthpiece to the insanity. Agreed. Agreed. So, Joel, do you want to lay some information on us about the Mothman, or would you rather go over the movie? Or Well, first of all, Aaron, yes. you call the Mothman a cryptid. I, I don't feel like that's a fair way to, you know, even though, like, the definition of a cryptid this guy. is, is a, a species of animal that, or a person. Well, how do you know there isn't a whole human. species of Mothman? Well, hold on, let me finish. All right. Aaron Cornelius. Who lives at, uh, no. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, don't dox me on my own podcast. <laughs> Identity wow. withheld, Joel. Yeah. Undisclosed weirdo uh, sitting in the chair over here. You can call me Bartman. It's, it's, a, it's a creature that's supposed to exist that has not been scientifically uh, evident. There, it doesn't have scientific evidence of, of it, right? That's that's the definition of a cryptid, right? I don't think we have any, like, cemented footprints of the Mothman laying around anywhere. No, here. that's that's my point, though. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been an occurrence of other Mothmen, you know? Oh, like, okay. I feel like there's lots of Sasquatches. There's lots sure. of, lots of uh, dot love passes. No, like, that's not a creature. What was that again? Nessies. Oh, Nessies. <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of thems. No, pro- probably not. I, I, You know, it's... So you're saying there isn't enough evidence to supply for there being... That Mothman being a cryptid. No, I'm probably totally wrong. No, I don't, I'm just trying to understand. You're, you're just starting a conversation. Yeah, and, and that's what I, you know. Interesting. Cryptid, like, the, the idea of cryptid, I'm interested in what like, the term means, too. For internet like, technology, you know, terminology. Mm-hmm. Cryptids feel, like, cuddly fun to me. Like, even though, okay. even if it's supposed to be something, you know, scary. Like Jersey scary. Devil. Yeah, like, like, oh, no, actually, it's, look at this cartoon we made of it or something like that. Okay. The Mothman from the tales that I, I know. Right. Sounds like a terrifying, like an. Like a force uh, of nature. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. An apparition. Uh, some sort of it's, otherworldliness. It's, more otherworldly than just some, like, creature that happens to be eating out of your trash can. True, truly an animal. Okay. In the sense that I don't think we would be able to relate it into to it if it was a thing that actually existed and we could, you know, see it and, and communicate with it. Yes, yes, e cartoon, adorable Mothman. You so, think so that show me frog guy looks cuddly? Yeah, give him a kiss. Give that frogman a kiss. I think we need to give that frogman some pants, is what I'm saying here. <laughs> oh, Miss Piggy likes him the way he is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But I like I I the way I think of Mothman. I don't know if they go into this in astonishing legend. I think they might. Uh, is that he's, he's from like a corner. different different dimension? Oh, and the whole reason that they were showing up is because this thing had escaped from that dimension into this dimension. So you're saying that there is a parallel dimension to ours, mm-hmm. where perhaps man did not evolve from ape, but from moth. No, I don't think he's literally a moth. I think that was just what they they could. because the the in the the oh. story they even say the newspapers named him after a Batman villain. Oh. You know? Okay. He's more like an owl. Owl man. No one's ever used that name before, right? Well, let's let's look at a statue real quick, Joel. No, that's a terrible statue. Can we look at a statue? That looks like the statue. That looks like the character from Watchmen. Are you sure that's not an accurate representation of what the Mothman may look like, Joel? Listen, they're making a lot of money off of that tragedy every <laughs> 40 years ago. Or yeah, that's pretty. That's a bummer. Yeah, that's <laughs> a bummer. Try not to think about it. Fair enough. That statue's pretty badass, though. I don't know. I don't know. I, I had a separate reaction. That's got, like, golden eyes or red eyes or red something. Red eyes, like that, dude. Right? No, golden eye. 
the video game. <laughs> you're saying there's you're yeah. saying that there's a satellite <laughs> above Earth right now that's called Mothman. It's I bet there N64 is. Sixty four copy of Goldeneye. Yeah, I listened to the podcast too, and it is a really cool. We really liked that, and I think that they put some interesting ideas out there about what the Mothman could be potentially or why he appears to people the way he does. But the thing that's tough for me is, like, the information, the, like, the inaccurate information. The fact that it's not lining up the way it's supposed to. Kind of like, um, maybe the Bible codes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I think I do think that these people were terrorized by something. I do think that they had a persistent they were being harassed by something. And I don't know what it was, but yeah, it does sound like just based on the facts that there were too many people <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, sir. I didn't mean to interrupt Aaron you. Aaron's showing me the photoshopped copy of the of a the Mothman creature at 9-11. Is that really 9-11? Yes. Oh, my God. It's a fake picture. But anyway. That's terrible. Yeah. That's not 9-11. Yes, you know, is. 9-11 was predicted by the Bible codes. Too. Yes, I heard that. I, I, I have heard that before. Anyways, we, I mean, I think that the, the Mothman story and the Point Pleasant story and the bridge collapse and, and the Indrid Cold, you know, and, and basically John Akil's whole thing is an interesting kind of detective work of journalism. He is John Akil, the person who wrote the book, was a journalist. So I think oh, wow. Richard Gere was supposed to, you know, be obviously supposed to be the whatever cipher of him. But this movie, and it's self incredibly self serious and uh over overly saccharine like condition they had to make of it like his you know killing his wife his wife dying tragically in the beginning that's one thing the fact that she saw a cartoon mothman flying at her that that's the the moment that i was like oh i'm not gonna i'm not gonna like this movie anymore <laughs> is when <laughs> Tamara messing and Richard Gere are driving, you know, after they've, they've been kissing around, uh, and they're going to buy a brand new big old house. And she's driving, and all of a sudden, there's like a flash of light, and a cartoon mothman with red eyes flies towards the car. <laughs> and, of course, she crashes the car, hits her head. Turns out she's she's had some super rare form of cancer, and she passes away. And that's Richard Gere's just a lost man. Lost man after that. But his wife is like, did you see it? It's like, oh, you know, maybe her brain, she had a brain cancer. Maybe it was just a trick or something like that. She was also drawing these pictures, right? Yeah, she was drawing some pictures. Mm. She got a hold of some black and red crayons. (laughs) She went down to the children's Uh ward. (laughs) Took all the black and red crayons. I like that artwork, I gotta say. Whoever was doing that shadowy, scary figure artwork in the movie... Nice work. Yeah, it definitely adds to what the tone they were trying to go for. That the, but you know, like, like, so Joel, you're a Mothman expert, right? Oh yes, I'm quoted in several magazines as a Mothman so, expert. Like, 
So, like, that scene where the Mothman was, like, all up in their grills, like you, you mentioned. The one, Literally the, when they run into the yeah. grill of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, this particular scene, uh, is that accurate to, to any, like, what you were listening to on podcasts and things? Yes, like, that definitely happened. Okay. No, it didn't happen. That's stupid. So that was just a, 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 a dramatic flair for this movie. Listen, there was a mysterious creature flying around Blunt Present causing all kinds of trouble and stuff like that, but it's really stupid that something would hit run into a car. Well, that's what I'm trying to... <laughs> like, the Mothman throughout this film, other than this moment where he's, like, flying right at you. Yeah. Like, he's coming at you. <laughs> right at, coming right at you. Like, he seems to be a very, like, intelligent creature who, who happens to know... Did somebody say Mothman? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know how much, like, I don't want to take the podcast off the rails, but but it just seems like the way he's shown at this moment is unlike everything else in the rest of the movie, where where he's more of just, like, this presence felt than, than, than seen, maybe? It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, especially with Richard Gere not having also witnessed this, because, like... Yeah. It leaves an imprint in the car, an imprint that he later sees in Point Pleasant at somebody's house on a tree that the Mothman was supposedly at. And, uh, yeah. Well, let's get our Bibles out and let's start going through every 50th letter and maybe we can, we can. <laughs> You're in the Bible, can't help you here. Oh, okay. Only those people from other places can help you. I wonder if the Bible code's been used in other other texts as well. This is some interesting stuff, Sarah. Like the something code? The I mean, it's in the Da Vinci Code. The I'm da pretty Vinci sure. The Da Vinci Code. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you and McGregor's all up on that. Wait, that was the second movie. Whatever that one was. And I think that's... But go, going back to my point, though, I think that's one of my problems with this movie is, is that he... It he, sucks. He jump scares you. <laughs> The Mothman jump scares you in this movie, and then the rest of the time he's just kind of squeaky through the phone. Well, I okay. Let's. Let, what do you guys think is the <laughs> scariest part of this movie that we saw? Is it the part where he, he uh, is talking on the phone to the goof goofball, and he he says he's got chapstick in his hand, or the part where the phone man, rings? <laughs> man, I wish I had it together or, enough for for us to do a, an animated version of that scene. Like, so just like so you get Joel to say, do the Mothman voice into the mic, <laughs> chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Andrew Cole. <laughs> Where's my watch? I don't give it. A- <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that was the scariest part when his cell phone. Do we, there's a lot of phone stuff in this. Now I think about it. And then that that guy from the Sex and the City's like, "You need to come back to New York, you know. Get, you know, get." You need me a nice girl or something like that. You can't just be out there in, uh, what'd you say, uh, West Virginia? What the hell's wrong with you? You know. That's Point Pleasant, sir. Sex in the City, mister. Yeah. Well, Miranda (laughs) kicked me out again after. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Joel has secret Sex in the City knowledge, doesn't he? Listen, I've got a lot of Sex in the City knowledge, I guess. (laughs) Secret Sex in the City knowledge. It's not a secret. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I saw. Well, it's on a podcast. I saw, now, so it's I saw Sex in the City two in the theater. Oh, sick! And it was real bad. Did you put that on your uh, your, your moviewatchlist.com? Oh, what's, I can. I that, can, uh, this what's that? What's that? A long time ago. Shut up. What? Letterbox. Your letterbox. It's in there. Okay, cool. It's in there with a picture of me. Proud of you, bud. At the premiere. Proud of you. At the premiere. <laughs> 
premiere of Sex and the City 2 <laughs> with the Mothman. There's Joel. I got my... <laughs> what is it? What they call Milana Blancs? Milana, 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 I got my Milana Trumps. Milani Trumps. <laughs> Talking about the chick that was in Blossom. No, I'm talking about the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> she's carrying Manolo's. Manolo Blancs. <laughs> got my Manolos, I got my Cosmo, and I'm ready to go, okay? But we're talking about the Mothman. Sarah? What? Will Patton was your favorite <laughs> character, right? Will Patton. Because he was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this movie. You guys, I just thought of an alternative theory. Okay, I want to hear this. To the movie? To the moth. I want to talk I, I was about the movie. I was, okay. I, was, I was really hoping you were going to say life. Because like, <laughs> I, I was ready for an <laughs> alternative <laughs> theory for life. I'm like, I'm ready. It's called <laughs> Swimming into the Ocean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's so refreshing. So, is there a question that I was going to answer? You said, what did I think was the scariest part? And then you said, did I think that guy was my favorite character? Yeah, I think he was asking you what you thought of uh, Mr. Patton. Well, I want to hear I want to hear what you thought. Like, I mean, let's... I, I don't think many things work in this movie, so I don't even want to go... I don't even... Like, we were talking about it before. How can we, how can we handle this in a way where we're not going to be just tearing at the movie? I don't really want to be digging through what we have to, like, pull out those gems, necessarily. I feel like it wasn't really based on true events. I feel like it was, like, mad-libbed on true events. There you go. There you go. It was like somebody wrote on a bulletin board some names and some, like, maybe few experiences and just a couple short words and then they were just like okay well that is gonna go here and this one's gonna go like that and then the story of the movie's actually actually gonna be this guy and yeah like um yeah the crazy guy was probably one of my least favorite <laughs> things the laura linney character too i mean i like her as an actress but her character was kind of 2D just yeah. because she was just nice and she was kind of there for his support. Like, she was definitely experiencing the journey with him, oh, yeah. but it was always kind of about what was going on with his life and his experiences. Yeah. And she was just kind of like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm here for you. Like, well, what happened with this? Well, you didn't hear about that. <gasps> information lady. Yeah, she did kind of give information sometimes. Yeah. I think I said, like, while we were watching it, that, like, it seemed like the movie was set dressing for a bridge falling down. <laughs> That's what you were talking about before. I think their plan was, like, okay, man man from out of town comes into town. Uh-huh. In between... Bridge collapses. Okay, what what's this? <laughs> yeah, let's come up with a story real quick here. Uh, how about he can't remember days? Okay, he can't remember yeah. days. That's that sound, huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah. he can't remember. We days. do have lost time up on the bulletin board, so we can plug that in. Somewhere. All right, we got something here. All right, that and, makes that uh, makes the Mothman look scarier, right? Can't remember things, yeah. but he's telling. Wait, you wait, stuff. what if the Mothman is like, yeah, she? No, 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 cross that out. No, have we talked to the CG guys yet? Have they got back on Mothman? <laughs> I don't think we got much to work on this mod. Like, what? 
Did you guys hear about Indrid Cold, though? What's that? Oh, we got a whole story. We got a story. We got a story. He's here with me now. Aaron, he's on the phone. I was going to ask you, were you, were you contacting him through a Ouija board? Yes, I was. He's from a different dimension. Who knows how long, you know, those uh, dimensional people live. So you're saying that there could have been multiple Mothmen shown in this film? Like, their lifespans are so quick? Well, Indrid Cold is not a Mothman. How do you know, <laughs> Well, what does he look like? In this movie, he doesn't have any representation at all. I mean, he just... He just no, I mean, I think they say that he looks... He looks weird. He look, he's, like, trying to look like a man, but he doesn't look... You know, Will Patton's accent, whatever. <laughs> he's not, not, not exactly country. Um, but, I like, Aaron, I showed you that article. They call him the Smiling Man. I thought it was the Grinning Man. The yeah. Grinning Man, whatever. They call him the smoke, the cigarette man. <laughs> oh no! So injured cold is responsible for the death of John F. Kennedy. Yes, he definitely is. Also, spoiler alert: Mulder's father. Oh, uh, stupidtwist.com. Ah, uh, was that the most recent season spoiler? No, that's from uh, the original. Oh, okay. I haven't got to that episode yet. It's like season two. <laughs> no, I don't know what uh, season it's from. Okay, fair enough. I read it from something. I think that was a... Uh, you gotta read the comic books. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I have a 30 Days of Night and uh Fox Mulder and Scully comic where they go inspect Alaska. I mean, is it literally 30 Days of Night X-Files crossover? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's cool. I could see that working, like, especially in the original 30 Days of Night storyline. Because, like, those two, those two sheriffs are basically yeah. Mulder and Scully. Pretty much. Scully and Mully. Scully's. Oh, where's Mitch Pelegi? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If there ain't no, uh, what's his character's name? Skinner? Yeah, if there ain't no Skinner, ain't worth watching. Skinner's pretty good. That's my rule. Was there any Skinner in Mothman? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were there three dudes there was that wore glasses? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lone Gunman? Alright, alright. Here's the headline, guys. Mothman, friend, or foe? Hmm. Well, Jay, Jay Jonah's got a thing this time. It doesn't, you know, <laughs> he didn't really have a, a, foot, uh, a foot to land on. Yep. Uh, he didn't have a leg to stand on. Foot to land on, leg to stand on. <laughs> you know who didn't have a foot to <laughs> He didn't have a butt to cling on. The Mothman. Yeah. Well, Mothman don't need feet. They got wings. He just suffers in the air. <laughs> Another character that I don't like. To go back to this movie, sure, is the uh, author character that Richard Gere. I don't know where he's going to meet this guy. Doesn't seem like he's nearby. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The expert. Yeah, Mr. Leak, oh, Professor guy, Leak, or whatever. The guy who, like, the, yeah, he had to go to the the. They had to go to his his. Uh, I don't know, library or whatever. Yeah, he was hanging out at. Oh, he's like like an author who writes those types of books, you know, like about paranormal is that, stuff. Is that when we see the microfish? Yes, yes, it is the microfish mm-hmm. of the mock man, mo- Mothman, Mock, mock <laughs> of Mothman. Malcolm Jamal Warner. What? what? No, <laughs> the Malcolm Jamal Warner prophecies. <laughs> oh boy. It was in that first season of uh, Sneaky Pete, you know, and I was like, yeah. I haven't seen Sneaky Pete. Well, Malcolm Jamal Warner's in the parts of a couple of episodes. Cool, cool. I can tell you that. Well, thank you. I'll, 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 I'll have to look. Is that on Hulu? Yes. I'll go look it no, up. it's not. I don't know what it it's is. It's Amazon Prime. Am- Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. 
And you can sign up for Amazon Prime using our special code, Mothman. <laughs> Not true. If you try that, you will be disappointed. That That is, uh, yeah, that's false, Joel. All right. See, I thought we were going to have lots of things to talk about, you guys. I need I need you to give me things. The oh. reason you picked this movie, Joel. Yes. Is because. I believe in a miracle. Why? Because. <laughs> <laughs> You were intrigued by the story of the Mothman. The reason I picked this movie is because I remembered it being good, and I was told that it was good by uh, two people I trusted, who I will never trust again. No, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting story. So the you movie's have movie's an interesting story. No, <laughs> the Point Pleasant occurrence is an interesting story. Yes. So, what is your alternate? theory. This was just something I thought of a few minutes ago when we were talking about the movie and like people seeing different things or being like harassed. And the fact that they call it prophecies or like foreshadowing of this like event. I was thinking an alternate theory besides like extraterrestrial or interdimensional could be that these are spirits that are warning the townspeople because they died in the bridge collapse. Oh, so they may have come to the past in spirit to warn them. Mind blown, Sarah. Mind Thanks. blown. I thought it was okay. Whoa. That's a load of horse hockey. There's no such thing as ghosts. Now, aliens, those are real. What about alien ghosts? No, sorry. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. I'm a skeptic about all of it, but I was just like, wait a minute. Why are they pestering these people in this well, town? Well, yeah, because my my problem with it was is that I always felt that, like, if the Mothman was this powerful entity, why don't you just tell him in advance that this thing was going to happen, you know? like because Instead you, of talking about Chapstick, you're, you you're like, mixing it up. Indrid Cold in the movie is not the Mothman. Well, yeah, and I understand two different that. things. I understand that. Okay. He makes it seem like, in the movie, it makes it seem like Indrid Cold is the Mothman. I didn't get that, but maybe I'm not dumb. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, thought, I thought they were both the same being. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> to be honest. Listen, Aaron, someday you'll go to school and you'll learn all about the Mothman. And then you can come back and join us at this class. That's why I'm on this podcast, Joel, to learn from you. Because I know you're the expert on Mothman. Mothman can't talk. He's like a he's a monster that flies into cars and trees, apparently. <laughs> so he to... needs the grinning man in no. order to communicate. Well, no, Indrid Cole is a searcher. He's searching for the Mothman, I think, to capture it and take it back. That's what I was talking about before. Mm. Different dimensions. Okay. This thing doesn't belong in our dimension, and it eats dogs. Which you is know, not what they tell you in the I'm movie. I'm starting to like Sarah's theory better than, <laughs> than what you're saying. That's <laughs> no, true. Yeah, it's it. I think it's spirits. Well, what about this kid with the, the eyeball bleeding thing? See, that's... Oh, a, yeah. Now, what's going on there? Okay. Joel. Okay. Fill me Sarah, in on this. you want to tell this what relation that has? It's okay with me. Whatever you want to talk you about. You tell. You say what, what that is actually in the John Kill... Well, because, like, Story. in this movie, we we're definitely getting multiple townsfolk now with bleeding eye problems. Mm -hmm. Like, at least near, near, nearer to the, the climax of the film. Uh, like, you're just seeing extras walking on with, like, you know, <laughs> bleeding eyes. And 
or just bloody looking eyes. Right. Other than just the the uh, snogging high school. Yeah. Kid. Richard Gere sees that that one lady naked, and his nose just starts gushing blood too. So, you know. That's anime. Oh, that's anime, Joel. You're anime. I feel like um, maybe that was another thing they were trying to be warned about was like some kind of atmospheric element in the surrounding area there that could have been harming them physically. This is my theory. I don't know, but in this in the story we heard on the podcast, based on like actual like um, testimonies from people, it was kind of like. Like, having a very bright light shined in your eyes can give you a certain kind of, um, what was it, Joel? Conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis. Um. And a bunch of people had it, right? It wasn't just, like, one person got this weird kind of conjunctivitis you can get from bright lights. A bunch of people did. So they were saying there could actually physically be a reason that people were having that happen to them in that town. Wow. But they were saying, they were calling it, like, a physical, like, trace or something of the Mothman. Right, basically. Whatever, the third kind, fourth kind, I can't remember what that is. But uh, oh. we, we also watched that trailer, <laughs> The fourth kind with uh, Mila Ujovovich. Oh, yeah, the fourth kind. Or I think she's also afraid of a telephone. I don't remember. That didn't look very good either. Mm-hmm. I remember having more fun with the than what I saw in the trailer, but I think it was because I was making fun of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the movie, there is something I like about it, because I was talking to my sister about this movie the other day, and she was like, oh, I've been wanting to rewatch that again. And I was thinking of one of my friends that I used to live with. Um, she was my roommate for a while, and I think she's the one that I first saw it with when it first came out on, like, DVD or something. And she was like, you want to watch this creepy movie, The Mothman, with me? And that's oh. sort of my memory of this movie was that she was the person that was like, you have to see the prophecy. And, <laughs> she, like, she only, sat me down and was like... She really liked movies with the word prophecy in it. Her whole family, like, sat me down and made me watch the prophecy with them, and then were, like, staring at me afterwards, like, so, what do you think? What do you you think? They're like, Q&A, Q&A. I was like, I don't even know, like... (laughs) Isn't Viggo Mortensen the devil? (laughs) I guess there's something kind of fun with the idea of, like, a creepy thing that, or a, you know, unexplainable event or something. And the fact that they're saying, like, it's based on a true story always makes it, like, creepier. Yeah. And this friend, like, we watched it together, and it was the kind of thing that wasn't going to terrify me for the rest of my life with, like, gore and stuff. And I've watched movies like this with my little sister, too, and I... I guess there's a fondness of that shared experience for me, watching this kind of movie. Um, but if I had to look at it with a critical eye, I think there are definitely some things lacking and some things that go unexplained that, that might make sense to you if you know more about, like, the book and stuff that it was using material from. I'm not sure. 
they don't they don't make it interesting to to watch his experience there like i i think pushing it into the the current time you know with the cell phone and and any other technology it was using was a mistake i think that the the low fineness of the actual stories that john keel wrote is is part of the whole process there like he couldn't look at video footage or you know uh whatever whatever else he, he does like he compares audio patterns with the somebody uh after they record a phone call with i think it's Andrew cold in that thing it's like oh these voice patterns are what a human's voice look like he's not a, he's not a country person i don't know why i did that accent <laughs> Because <laughs> everybody else that Richard Gere talks to. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it just made me think of the much better scene in The Exorcist where um, the the guy who's analyzing the case to see if it is something that needs to be handled, needs to be an exorcism, records uh, Regan uh, talking and then uh, she's like talking backwards or speaking in Aramaic or something like that. And he takes it, you know, and they, it's all lo-fi, you know, they, they got yeah. the reel to reel and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense if you play it forward, but if you play it backwards, they're clearly saying things, you know, he's, they're clearly answering your questions. And it's this like kind of creepy, scary moment going on there. But there's like, I feel like that was a creepy scene. Back in 2000, whenever, when I first saw this movie, probably by myself, probably being like, like, oh man, that would be terrifying for that yeah. to happen. If you were on the yeah, phone. Definitely. Oh, yeah. It would be scary for you in, yeah, if it was an experience you were having, mm-hmm. like in real time. Yeah. But I think that I would want to get out of there and not yeah. go back. Yeah. I don't think this is a, this is a case necessarily. I think it's, it's a warning where I'm just like, okay, gonna leave this town. Mulder would stick around. Mulder would want to yeah, find the out. Fox Mulder, Spooky Mulder is the best. What can I say? He wants to believe. The truth is out there. Richard Gere wants to believe in this movie. Oh, hardcore. He does. Yeah, he's got nothing better to do. He's supposed to, like, interview some dignitary or something like that. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the crazy town instead. Yeehaw! He seems to be, like, independently wealthy. I definitely. You see that house they were going to get? They yeah they oh. got the house I think I think that's, oh, that's where he is in the end where you could ju- he could just tear he down a phone whenever he wants the phone yeah <laughs> so you're saying it's the old uh, collect the dead wife's insurance money Ooh. and blame it on the Mothman case is hey. that what we're trying to say here Joel <laughs> he's one of those incredibly well well paid <laughs> reporters oh okay I guess I don't know what uh, hey no problem. Yeah, he's like that. in the city. Then he's traveling. Then he's going back to Point Place. He's yeah. He's got a house. He's staying in hotels. Nobody is really floating him on this. Um, well, his 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 contact at the paper is pretty worried about him. After a while, he's like, "Hey, you haven't checked in in a while." Yeah, you know, yeah. famous reporter man. Uh. Yeah, I thought we were supposed to go see a Sox game. No, he's not. He's not from us. Uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'm enjoying all of your uh, mannerisms tonight, Joel. It's good. My mannerisms. Your little, your little, uh, uh, keep- your little caricatures there. They're good. Oh, my caricature. 
character. Mm-hmm. I drew a caricature. No, you, your, your, your vocal. You riding sure. a bicycle. Your voice acting. Characterization. I drew a caricature yeah. of Sarah in a hot air balloon. What's what's going oh, on? Oh, that, that was good too. Yeah. Good character. Um, what? Curious. Are <laughs> you talking about like uh, light photography? No. <laughs> It's the difference between light and shadow, Joel. Okay. You well, captured that with the charcoal. Yeah. It looks good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're talking about the Mothman, Aaron. Uh, speaking of light and shadow. Yes. The Mothman. Yeah. So what we learned about the Mothman, though, like, what are what are things... So so he, he, he can scare you, right? He can see your chapstick. He can see your chapstick. <laughs> no. Or is that the Grinning Man? I told you that's a different guy. I thought so. See? That's See? The, that's my problem with this movie. That's is. the guy who tells Will Patton stuff and makes him cray-cray. <laughs> I actually think you knew that because you had listened to the podcast before you watched the movie. I did not know it. Afterwards, I listened to the podcast, and then I knew there were two different... It was hard to pay attention to what was going on in the movie when we watched it because everybody was laughing their asses off. I know. So, Joel, in Point Pleasant, they were plagued with more than just the Mothman. They also had this Ingrid fella, like, or is that an entirely different entity? Did you already explain this earlier in the pod? But but is it just an entirely different entity who's somewhere else that they just crammed into the story? Or no, he definitely has to do with. Or is the grinning with, man part of the mythos? He, he of is the part of the mythos, mythos of uh, Point Pleasant. Okay, Mothman. Okay, basically, so, so I the think, movie was accurate on that part. Yeah, I think what what is supposed to be is the Mothman is making appearances first, and then then the grinning man shows up in his flying saucer, which he definitely has a flying saucer that I wish was in the movie. But maybe they thought that was too stupid. That makes, I don't understand. That makes me really happy that you mentioned that there's a flying saucer. They should have banked on that. This is like the this is 2002 is the prime time of like everyone's watched X Files. Mm-hmm. Like the X Files movies have come out. Yep. Throw a UFO in your Mothman movie, guys. Like I feel like yeah, I feel like they were trying to make it more like a romantic story or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, it's all about Richard Gere and why he hates his bones. wife. And- I mean, his wife died. <laughs> His wife died, and Laura Linney is interested and alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his, <laughs> that's his buddy on the phone. She, hey, this Laura Linney lady, she's alive, right? <laughs> I think I think, uh, I think I wanted this movie to be more Spielbergian. Yeah, I mean, you, I wanted you some want practical. Most to be more yeah, I wanted I wanted some practical effect, Mothman. It could to be been, honest. Yeah, it could that's have been more like retro, like. The Conjuring or something yeah. with like practical effects and like kind of old school, yeah. Like like you were saying, like more physical, like camera stuff or yeah, reels. I'm not sure what that's the what I wanted. Condition was for like audiences in two thousand two. You know, were I, I feel like when people started doing low-key retro stuff, horror or otherwise, it was like, not as, like, people didn't assume it was going to be popular and then, like, people made really good movies that, that, that made like, like, when it came to representing the past, like, in a period piece, it has to be a serious drama, it has to be a romance, it has to be something like that. Period piece, genre films, horror, sci-fi, yeah, whatever. That's like not going to make any money. Nobody wants to see a movie like that, except for we did, 
And we, we obviously we do now because they've been making a whole bunch of them. They, they, you know, we eat them up. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's maybe 2002 is just before that renaissance happened. Yeah. I, I just think that the whole putting it in the 2000s, you know, thing was a, a mistake. And it's not the only mistake, but I do think that could have been a step in the right direction. So you're saying it should have been based in 1965, 66. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm down. I'm down for that. For some reason, I was just thinking Richard Gere's The King of Wishful Thinking. <laughs> and he tells himself. <laughs> I was like, could the universe, could this be the same man that was in Pretty Woman? Sarah's <laughs> in Pretty Woman. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Red hair. Red hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they get married. They move out. You know, he, he leaves his job as a whatever the hell he is. <laughs> The King of Wishful. Oh, and the Mothman is actually Jason Alexander. Makes sense. Oh, it's evil. Mm-hmm. The Pretty Woman Mothman mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. Mothman mm-hmm. connection. <laughs> yep. the That's connection, a tag. The connection a between right Pretty Woman and Mothman <laughs> prophecies you didn't know. <laughs> also, Primal Fear. <laughs> Roy Orbison. That feels like some sort of cl- click clickbait article that you're going to see on Facebook someday. Some you got to click through seventies, so, you know, slides in order to get to the the part that doesn't even conclude anything. Right. Nobody knows. Point Pleasant is that what it's called? Yes. Point, but I'm like confusing it with like a fictitious town. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is a real town, <laughs> but um, a fictitious movie. Roy, Roy Orbison's just always playing in the background. <laughs> That's how you know he's close by. Yeah. Um, it did remind me a little bit of Wings of Desire, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, I, don't never that, I don't think that's too weird. It's like there's a, you know, there's a per- outsider who's hanging around and kind of mysterious, oh. trench coat, whatever. Okay. Like, I, and I kind of get a feeling that, like, I guess that searcher thing you're talking about could be kind of like an angel or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Wait, there's a romantic scene between the Mothman and Will Patton's character. And it's like, and I don't want the world to see me. I <laughs> no, I didn't go, near city, didn't go near City of Angels very specifically because I didn't want to talk about it. to be broken. <laughs> So you're saying that's not one of your favorite uh, 90s, I just want to yes. call me Mothman. So, ooh. That was good, Joel. Hey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go learn the acoustic guitar and we'll record that next week. Yeah. I got the automaton <laughs> right here. So, so you can do some Goo Goo Dolls covers, Joel? No, yeah. What are, what are we called? Uh, what are our band called? We called? called the... Mothman Prophecies. <laughs> <laughs> the Mothman Prophecies. For some reason, they only cover Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Very in joke. You have to know. To you just have to know. You had to be there. <laughs> That's our first track. You had to be there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got a little bit goofy there. No, it's all. Um, we're talking about Mothman. This is very serious. Yeah. Pretty sure this podcast won't even be able to be uploaded online. No, some, some government agency yeah. is going to find it. And Man in Black. I think it. there could be some audio squeaks. Oh, that's uh, another thing that they left out of the story, Aaron. Oh, 
Fill me in, Joel. Fill the gaps in. So when John Keel was interviewing uh, uh, people about uh, their, you know, the mysterious circumstances, you know, things that were happening around them, like a car suddenly stopping or encounters with uh, this uh, grinning man or people like him, it wasn't just Hendrick Cold, like there were other people, it seemed like. They, uh, at least uh, one of the stories of the person he was interviewing said, well, uh, they came forward after these Mothman stories started, like, appearing all over town. Mm. And he asked them, well, why didn't you tell anyone about this before? It's like, okay. well, the scientist told us not to. I said, what scientist? The scientist? Like, well, a couple of, a couple of days after this happened, mm-hmm. you know, we, we told the sheriff, you know, about this, and, and the story didn't go any farther than that. And then a couple of days later, some guy, he didn't tell us where he was from, showed up in the door and said, you know, it's better just to forget any of this happened. You know, don't, don't tell anyone about it because it's, it's, you know, for your safety and stuff like that. So basically, it's like a man in, man in, man in black. Men in black. Will Smith. Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Jones. Thanos. Aaron, Whoa. what are you doing on your phone? <laughs> Whoa. Thanos came to his house a couple days later and was like, don't tell anybody. That's amazing. Are you looking at Men in Black? I I was just uh, men, men letting the Men in Black know. Oh, no. To right. come to this house. <laughs> I, was, no. I was informing them of your address, Joel. <laughs> Are they cleaners that don't kill people usually? Yes. Well, I sent I sent a two line message. I was like, number one, Joel knows about the Mothman. Number two, perpetual energy machine. What? Yep. Joel, they're gonna have to stop you, Joel. We we gotta live on that, uh, you know, fossil fuels and whatnot. You know, can't uh, can't be having clean, free energy or whatever. So you're talking about climate change for some reason? Is that what? No, perpetual energy machine, Joel. I thought you were saying something about the envi- the weather. I don't. Uh, I forget. It's all good. What you are even on about, Aaron? Is uh, the Mothman um weather involved character? I don't remember him doing any weather stuff. He's definitely doing some. Uh, I mean, we spo- are, li- listen, in the beginning of this movie, Richard Gere travels like 450 miles in a matter of an hour. Did the Mothman do that? I think so. Or did the injured coal aliens that are also the Mothman in the movie, but are not the Mothman, do that? Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm shaking my head because I'm upset about this, but at the same time, I'm going to say maybe. Yeah. Or maybe the Mothmen are just slaves to the injured coal people. Yes, they have them on a chain. Mm-hmm. I think it was like in Twin Peaks, how you could just like end up somewhere else and be like, how did I get here? Yeah. I think there was a lot of Twin Peaky stuff going on. Not good like Twin Peaks, but <laughs> <laughs> it could have been, yeah. I think the creepy thing about... M- the Mothman in the movie is like that it's feels like somebody is pretending to be something they're not or something. Yeah. Like there's an imposter or something there. I don't know. It That's creepy because you can't quite define what it is you're talking about. And there's that part later in the movie where like somebody's like, well, you called and said this like I did not call. 
like they play back his voice. It's like, well, that is my voice, but you know, it's not. I th- I did not do that. Yeah. So these things are like messing with them in the movie with their their voice machines. <laughs> <laughs> I think they took real audio and just snipped it down into the <laughs> sentence oh, that they needed. <laughs> Smithers, you're quite good at turning me on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're just messing with that guy. And then that guy dies. He, like, freezes to death or whatever. From exposure? Yeah. See, that part is scary to me, that a person could just sit outside until they died. Yeah, I mean, that's a scary thing in, in general. Yeah, and there's a part on the podcast that said that that said that there was like an area where somebody felt like a bad vibe, like just within a certain spot. They felt like they were kind of like trapped there in that area or something. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like sound waves and stuff and about whether or not different things can make people feel creeped out, Mm. like if they're around it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But I did definitely not like that story about one of the person's um, testimony saying their dog disappeared. That made me very upset. Yeah, that was a, I mean, that was a pretty detailed story there. Yeah. This dog running out towards something that they saw in the barn. And then the dog just being gone. That's sad. Yeah, Yeah, it was really sad. You know, uh, Mothman's gotta eat. Well, I hope whatever dimension that pup's in right now, that he's a warrior. And that he's defeated all the Mothmen. Maybe maybe the fleas jumped off of his his, uh, fur and they've destroyed the Mothman society. (laughs) You know what dimension he's in? The Uh, digestion dimension. He got eaten. No, he didn't, Joel. He got ate. He's a warrior dog. It's like somebody ate Snoopy. Snoopy the warrior dog. Delicious. Hmm. I have a feeling like somebody has probably eaten a Snoopy maybe in like a cake form before, you know? Of course. Like when you go to Vaughn's. <laughs> you can get a it's cake. like we're really eating Snoopy. So many things whenever they buy it in one of those cakes that's sh- so. shaped like a cartoon. You buy character. like an Iron Man head or something. <laughs> oh my God. Tony Stark's brains are in this cake. You're dead, Tony. <laughs> You're dead, Tony. <laughs> I wonder if that's what Spider Man's villains do. <laughs> Just buy a Spider Man cake. Obadiah oh, Stane says hello. <laughs> <laughs> Green Cobbler for my birthday. No Spider Man. <laughs> it so, does. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say about that thing about like electrical uh, or uh, like a sound causing a, a fear reaction or something like that. Uh, we always thought that I used to work at the the theater in the the town that we grew up in, and we always get super creeped out. In certain areas of the theater. Interesting. And, you know, we talk about, like, oh, it's haunted, like there are ghosts or something like that. And I, I do feel like there was one time where I had an experience where I couldn't explain what the hell happened. I knew you were an experiencer. But Tell me about for it. the most, no, I'm not going to talk about that. We'll talk about it at a different time. Okay. But I think most of the things that can be explained, because A, uh, the, the one of the creepiest rooms was where the projector was. And we okay. had like a super high tech projector for that small crappy theater, and I think it pumped out a lot of 
electrical, you know, just like... Uh, a lot of juice. Yeah, feeling, you know, just off of it, like electric waves coming off of it. Interesting. And the other place was over near the theater, because underneath there was a basement you could go down to. And that was like the the power access panels for the whole block. Mm. So, you know, the maintenance crews would have to go down there if there was a power issue or something like that. And you could hear there was a huge generators down there. You could hear that sound going down. And I really think that our, our entire fear feeling was caused from the electricity that was in the air because of those things. I don't think it was legitimately haunted or anything like that. Uh, so that, that makes sense to me that, that feeling that he was in the podcast of talking about John Keel, like would drive through this, drove through this spot and he felt like crippling fear, but as he kept driving, it just disappeared. And so he like, in the story, he backs up, he feels it again. He drives forward very slowly trying to determine where it was, and he eventually f- figures down to this like narrow bound of area where if he stands there, it's it's like, you know, it's, you know, what is it, a goose walked over his grave or whatever. It's, it's just... chilling, like, right. yeah. Goosebumps feeling. And he couldn't explain it. There was no, like, power lines yeah. overhead. There wasn't anything like that. It's almost like a, a beam of fear being, you know, Applied <laughs> directly into that spot. Somehow. Interesting. Interesting. I've ne- I never felt crippling fear at the mm. movie theater, but waves of stuff. I'm not really afraid of things like this, but sometimes I am afraid that like a really large wild animal could just like be near me all of a sudden and surprise me. Like Aaron. <laughs> or or that there are really big wild animals that like we haven't yet discovered yet. Yeah. Like Aaron no. Missing Link Aaron. Mm. <laughs> My sister was talking about Bigfoot the other day. <laughs> yeah, she was saying like that sounds stupid, like that but this Mothman. Oh yeah, weird <laughs> Aaron, you got a story? Oh, I've learned some things about Sassy. Sassy I want to hear. I want to hear. Well, about the skunk ape? I mean, I hate to derail the podcast, but... Oh, you, this podcast did, is gone. Did you know? Did you know that there are, are writings from a Sasquatch? From no. another, and, and the reason why we don't see them, based on these ancient Sasquatch scrolls... That, I'm not... I'm sorry. <clears throat> these ancient Sasquatch... <laughs> these scrolls... <laughs> They reveal that the Sasquatches are actually in another dimension. That's why there aren't that many. <laughs> Which turn turned his back on you. The <laughs> Sasquatch scrolls. Yeah. <laughs> I, just learned, I just learned about this recently. This is the thing. I'm Aaron, not even sure. I'm trying really hard. Aaron. I'm trying really hard here. Aaron. <laughs> I already knew about that. Isn't that amazing, though? No, I didn't know about any writings, but I have, yeah, I have heard the theory that Bigfoot are from different dimensions. This is why we don't... There, there are yeah, they don't. They, they, they have left tra- trace evidence behind. No, you don't understand. There's, there's, but, there's entire scriptures now. Of the Sasquatch mm-hmm. that have, that have, that have on recently- the seventh day, my feeteth doth itch, and I oh, stretcheth with an big, bigger sticketh <laughs> grande. <laughs> no man, look the writings. The writings in the Sasquatch mine's, are going to help. Mine Sasquatch balls did swell. <laughs> They're going to help heal, man. Oh man. <laughs> 
We're gonna help heal humanity. Humanity, yeah, man. Uh, they've been, I mean, they've been sightings of these particular kinds of beasts for hundreds of years. I don't see why they haven't done it yet. Uh, well, you know what? I gotta say this: the, the sassy just lives in a mysterious way. I mean, are, are, are the sasquatches <laughs> the same thing as, say, the uh, you know, abominable snowman type monster? No, you're right. I, I can't confirm whether or not that perhaps they're more Yucky. than more than one more than one type of uh, species. Perhaps they're at war with each other. And our be. planet is simply the middle ground. We're like the neutral zone. Yeah. I wish I wish I was more informed in this matter. Um, I'll come back next week after I buy whatever PDF I can online. <laughs> I, I got several PDFs. I have to. I have to. <laughs> I can't even just pay twenty five dollars to see the real Sasquatch writing. <laughs> that kind of information, I can't afford not to. Like, <laughs> No, there's this artist artist I really like. His name's Skinner, and he he's been uh, he's been revealing some of these Sasquatch these Sasquatch writings oh, uh, on, on his Facebook. So I've been enlightened through him. Wow, uh, about their meetings. Interesting. So, anywho, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's really hard for me not to laugh when I think about this this particular subject. So I couldn't really get yeah, the, no. I couldn't get the message out clear enough because I was already about to like lose it. <laughs> well, there's no writings by the Mothman. <laughs> See that that's the, that's my major problem here. At least Sassy is willing to give us a a scroll or two. It's a two-legged monster creature. The, you know this this thing doesn't have any. He probably doesn't have the. the this thing eats dogs. It doesn't have hands. <laughs> You're oh right, my Joel. Gosh. You're right. It, like okay, so there's that statue. Yeah. In Point Pleasant. Yes. Of the Mothman. We've seen him. It's got the he got the wings. Ruby it eyes. looks like it's got antenna and everything like it's that. It's a really nice shiny metallic statue too. Mm-hmm. I like Hello, it. Space Age. I like it. The Mothman representation that is mostly accepted is the creature doesn't have like a head and neck. It right. has like ends in the torso and the, the head is in the torso. Kind okay. Of. And it doesn't have arms, you know, obviously it just has the wings. Yeah. So it's not like like I said, calling calling it Mothman is just a nickname they came up with. It doesn't really okay. look like a moth, but you know, people's representation drawings of what they saw uh, just take that kind of stuff. Of course, this is probably all fiction, but it's a fun mystery, no matter what's going on. And in this movie, it's a terrible looking animation. <laughs> yeah. This movie has some pretty terrible animation in it. That's why I wish that it had some practical Kind of cool effects thrown in here and there, just to kind of kind of give it some more authenticity for me. But yeah, that's the the animation's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. I will say that having listened to more hearsay about this creature has made the movie seem more interesting to me because I've visualized a bunch of it in my own head now. So I guess I can kind of put together some of the images from the movie and some of the images from my imagination, and it creates more of a full, like, creepy story. That's cool. So I do recommend listening to that, yeah. Cool. And, um... Yes, stop listening to this podcast and listen to that <laughs> Astonishing Legends is pretty fun. It's a pretty fun pop. Uh But we're fun, too. Yeah. Please don't leave us. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Please don't send us to another podcast. <laughs> the, art, the art was really cool. Just the CG Mothman wasn't cool. 
and I in think, the movie. Yeah, I think the big budget on effects got spent on the best part of the movie, which is when the bridge collapses. In the movie, Richard Gere's character is there at the bridge because somebody's told you know he's somebody's told a prediction been, that he's put the clue. He, him and the scoob in the game. He's been informed. Mm-hmm. That's that's another stupid thing. Like the first time it happens, they get like some clue, and it's like ninety nine will die. Like I don't know what that's all about. And then later he sees a news report, like like nine, like a couple a couple days later, later, like a plane crash. Yeah, and all ninety nine are supposed to be dead. ninety nine on nine. Like whoa, that's crazy. Ninety nine on nine. Mm-hmm. And then later he's talking to uh, what's his name again, Sh- shotgun crazy guy, and he's like. <laughs> He told, he told me that three, you know, the, the guy told the to, guy told me three were going to die in the thing. And Richard Gere's like, well, that could have been anything. And the guy takes out a newspaper and shows him, like, wait, wait, wait. That's not the same thing. That's not, not the same thing as, like, 99 on 9. Because that had come around before, and then the accident happened. Him saying, like, oh, yeah. he told me about this three. There's a newspaper. Uh, yeah, like, I can do like- that before. By the way, I know what the winning lottery numbers are. They're right Here's here the <laughs> in the newspaper. <laughs> oh my gosh. 99 on 9, that whole part in the movie I didn't think was very well executed because I just thought it was gibberish. Like, I wasn't, like, hanging on to the information. Yeah. I just thought it was some kind of weird nonsense, and then they tried to, like, connect Ooh. it to this real <laughs> event. And I'm like, oh, they were saying real words? <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool mural in that cafe or diner or whatever. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. They had a mural in there that looked awesome. And this, they're like that. That connects back to the John Keel story, Aaron, mm. because he yeah, was has a grinning man. Like he to was. Uh, I don't know if he actually ever talked to Andrew Cold. I don't think so. Like in John mm-hmm. Keel himself, Aaron, mm-hmm. did. he just like got stories secondhand. Sure, but he sure. had like contacts that would be like, "Oh, I was expecting you." And I talked to this person, like like the way that, uh, what's his name? What is that actor's name? I've already forgotten. Will Patton. Mm. Shotgun crazy Saying guy. in the movie. Yeah. Like, they told me to tell you this. And, uh, like, one of, one of the things he was told was uh, that there's going to be an assassination attempt on the Pope. Okay. And so he was all worried for a, long, for a while, like, oh, my God, I got to, you know, I got to get in contact with people. I got to yeah. let people know. And it didn't happen. Two years after everything had happened in Point Pleasant, somebody tried to assassinate the Pope. What? So it was. I mean, you could chalk that up to like coincidence. Yeah, coincidence and kind of thing. Like you know, it doesn't happen all the time, though. And, no, you're right. Uh, it uh, like also well, reportedly it hasn't happened. Well, the, maybe uh, the Pope almost dies every day. Who knows? Oh yeah, you know? who knows? Well, yeah, they got him. I mean, they put him in that glass case after that. That's true. No one's allowed to touch the Pope. That's right. In the case. That's right. In the testimonies people had about the Mothman that are real, like, um, conversations that people have had, do they say there was a prophecy about the bridge? No, I mean, that's just what he named his book. But they, like, yeah, I don't think that anyone had any inkling that something was going to happen in Point Pleasant, even though all those events were going to happen. Because that's, once again, one of the predictions that they... And this this was like from the contact uh, they they told him that on Christmas or this blah blah day the president is going to light the Christmas tree on at the White House yeah 
like on news, like they, they do that every year. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, there's going to be a massive blackout all along the East Coast. And power's going to be out for days and days, you know, and all that stuff. So John Keel and uh, he, his, his writing partner was Mary. Uh, her mm-hmm. name was Mary. They, like, got prepared for this stuff, you know. They got all their supplies and the flashlights and everything like that. And, they, and he was sitting there watching the TV when the uh, he was expecting this to happen. And he watches and the president lights a tree and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Later that night. False prophecy. He's getting calls from people saying, do you know what happened in Point Pleasant? Whoa. So that night is when the bridge collapsed. Oh, my gosh. It was like a misdirection on purpose. I don't know. See, that's the part that makes me think that there's some, like, it's almost not real prophecy or that it's almost like someone playing, like, a trick on you or something. That's why I was trying to indicate the friend or foe uh, newspaper article. Uh, headline earlier in our podcast because I'm not entirely sure. Me neither. I'm not entirely sure if they are friend or foe, or they're just messing. You know, maybe maybe it's some kind of a warning, but mm. like I don't even know like of what like to go away or because they feel sorry for you or yeah. like or because there's some kind of like chemical phenomenon like it's going to poison everybody I don't know but it makes me think of Greek gods you know tales of that stuff or uh, frankly the representation of God in the the Old Testament you know like these things notice a person and then they instead of like helping or benefiting somebody they're going to mess with them somehow and that's like that's a point in the movie that when he's talking to that uh the, the Professor Leak or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Professor Oak. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, Professor. like, well, why don't they just come out straight and tell us what it's about? It's like, well, I don't know. Have you ever tried to talk to a cockroach? Right. That's right. like they like all oh, these things are so high above us, you know? and uh, maybe that's the whole thing. They would like, like, I'm really amused that you even noticed us. I'm just kind of mess with you. Got it. You're not gonna know. Some of the things I say are right. Some of the things are that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> some type of uh, interdimensional crank calls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, crank acres from, <laughs> from Dimension X. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. No, I can get Chapster. behind that. I can get behind that. Asshole, I, I hopped, asshole I hopped, ghosts, asshole aliens, punking you. I, ho- I hopped in Dad's UFO to go <laughs> to go mutilate some cows and maybe mess with some poor, some poor earthlings. folks, earthlings in Point Pleasant. Sure, here's a scene from the movie. What do, What do you want? Is a refrigerator running? <laughs> do you want to play a game? Oh wait, that's right. I was going to say, Joel, you're, you're almost getting on Bane levels of. Uh, <laughs> Voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> you studied the math, man. I was born with him. <laughs> that, that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. <laughs> he's, he's, he's more. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Chopster. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom Hardy based his character on the 1966 version of Bane. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the bridge scene, though, effects wise. I thought that was really cool. It definitely gets the point across. 
like pretty hardcore that people are dying right now. Mm-hmm. Like especially when it pan- when it's panning away. Yeah, you're seeing all those headlights and you're seeing all the bridge. Yeah, like like coming apart and yep. the bar the cars lifting up like suddenly and stuff like that. Like yeah, that seemed like it was it was pretty realistic, and it it may have cost a lot of money to do, but yeah. I thought it I thought it looked good. Yeah, that's a good that's a good payoff. Like practical models. And you can almost ignore the fact that at the very end, Richard Gere and Laura Linney are obviously on a green screen. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. In the to. water. Yeah. And everything else is really cool. Okay. Leading up to it, it's pretty awesome. And it's a very suspenseful, very yeah. suspenseful moment. I have to say, as far as, like, the uh, formula of this movie, like, this this conclusion, it, it is pretty, the climax is pretty good. Yeah. As far as the... the practical effects are The only real scare of the movie, I'd have to say. Like, everything else is, is creepy. The, I Like, that's something I can imagine happening. Yeah. Like, a disaster like that. And we've all been in earthquakes. Yep. Yeah. In California. Yes. I don't mean, like, the listeners. I mean, <laughs> you, me, and Aaron. Right. Us present in this room. And Thomas. Cats included. It reminded me of real life, um sad, you know, tragedies that I've heard about that had to do with a dam breaking in the area, and I've heard interviews on NPR about it, and I've read, like, local history books about it, and it just reminded me of that when when the bridge um, breaks in the movie, and knowing that that did happen in real life, like, just reminded me of how terrible it is when you don't know that something that big is going to catastrophically fail and and hurt and kill so many people. A small town like that where everybody knows each other, it'd just be devastating. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here, here's the real question. Do you think that Richard Gere and Laura Linney end up together at the end? Of the movie? Yes. No, like in real life. <laughs> Do I think their characters or... or the, the the cop and the reporter do they end up together? Um, sure. I don't see why not. I mean, why not? <laughs> they, they were already kind of like doing this like sleepover thing, you know, near nearing the the end of this, and and you know the whole like you know the fact that Richard Greer was able to you know modify the prophecy because it's supposed to be thirty seven dead, but now it's only thirty six. Well, she had a she had a dream, right? That said. Wake up, 37. Oh, that's what it was. Wake up, 37. Was it 37? I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. Wake up, 300. (laughs) No, that's a stupid question. I was just... (laughs) They should have played Pretty Woman at the... (laughs) 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 She's walking back to me. Mothman sure... Sure, has some weird matchmaking. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. All this to get these two together. Gotta kill all these people just to make sure these, these two get together. <laughs> well, that's like the grand prophecy of uh, what? What is the M Night Shyamalan movie with the aliens? Oh, um, signs, <laughs> signs, signs. Right? Like we we gave asthma to every other kid in the world up to this point just so that your son would survive when the aliens because it's fate. It's fate, right? Oh boy, <laughs> something like the grand design. Now, if if I were Richard Gere, I'd probably just go move to Ohio 
to that crazy house that uh, Eric Roberts was in at the end of uh, Inherent Vice. That was a rehab center. Like I said, crazy Slash house. cult. <laughs> I don't know, he looked pretty comfortable. He had a robe. He just go by the Pyro Mansion. What? That's where the Mothman is. Oh! The Mothman of Pyro. Oh, there's the, the Billywhack monster. What was what it called? Oh, the Billywhack, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were talking about That's urban, our local le- crypt, urban legends. Yeah. yeah. The Billywhack. Um, is he a go- like a goat man? Billywhack? I think he's a creature that's kind of, yeah, part animal or something. Yeah. He's a hybrid created by a German scientist who escaped from World War II. That's right, in the basement. He was conducting the... a s- experiments. Yeah, yeah. At the cannery. Or whatever right. the base, the secret basement of the cannery. Mm-hmm. Look it up, people. It's look up Santa Paula, Billy Whack. You will see. This is a thing that actually is on the internet. And uh, yeah, that I don't, makes it real. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> oh hi, Charman! Don't forget about him. I don't oh, know yeah, the, the Char- I, oh, hi, Char- Charman. Charmander. Tell us a little bit about the Charman. Oh crap! Okay, I need my um, premiere ball to catch him. <laughs> Um, I believe Charman is like a, a spirit-like entity of a man who died in a fire. Mm. I think that I think I think that's the case. Um, I don't think he's an actual living entity anymore. Uh, I think it's a spirit of burned ghost man. who shows up. Yeah, when yeah. you're getting your vegan tacos or whatever. No, more more than likely it's when you're on like a on like I don't know some sort of Boy Scout camp hike or something. Yeah, stories. <laughs> yeah. When you're sneaking into some hot springs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Char whenever you say char, I think mm, char burger. Let's go to let's <laughs> go to have it. I knew about the char man before I knew about char burger. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Now Same. I'm just like, oh char man, like is my first point of reference to everything else char. Well, I knew about Charmander before I knew about Char Burgers, but I still think about Char Burgers. <laughs> I really Not want a, Pokemon. I really want a Charburger. <laughs> oh, God. Let's end this podcast. I'll just go eat a PBJ. Uh, is there anything else you, you guys want to say about Mothman Prophecies? I think uh, I, I'd say that you I, shouldn't watch this movie unless you're really curious about it. I feel that I'm going to listen to the Astonishing Legends podcast, and then I'm going to rewatch the Mothman Prophecies. Not like this year. Maybe like a couple years down the road. Just to see if my opinion of it is still the same. Yep. That's where I'm at right now. Oh, that's good. I would recommend it, especially if you're into this kind of stuff. Um, This kind of, like, creaky movies based on true stories. This isn't based on true events as much as some creepy stories are. It's kind of an amalgamation of different eyewitness testimonies that have been put together into this story that isn't really exactly what happened. I mean, not to say... I think it's an entertaining watch. I don't think it holds up as well as other scary movies that I really think are great. But it, I would say it's fun to watch with friends. Or maybe creepy to watch alone. I'm not sure. Yeah, if you were going to watch it, I, I I wouldn't say watch it in a group. I would say turn out the lights, put on your headphones, and watch it yourself. And maybe you'll get more of an an effect from that. Because I did try to rewatch it before we recorded again. We we watched this movie last week, and uh, I was watching it by myself in the house, and I was like, I was a little more into it, but I still was like, there's some things going on here that I'm just not into. 
And I came home and said, are you watching the, the Mothman prophecies again? Do we have to have a talk about the Mothman obsession you, in this house? <laughs> no. I thought you were saying that you tried to unplug the TV and the, the movie was still on there. Oh, no. <laughs> the Mothman I, was taking over. I said that. I said that afterwards. I can't make it stop. Uh, Richard Gere. But you, you, uh, Aaron, your wife says that this movie's great, right? Oh, mm-hmm. oh man. Um, I think Campa wished to be on this recording because she did have a, a a tale to tell, uh, a secondhand story from her sister who believes she actually met the Mothman. Mm. Uh, but maybe that'll that's a tale that we can be revealed in a future pod. Yeah, uh, to our listeners. Yeah, maybe you can record it. We can release it as a bonus. Yeah, maybe. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see if she's up to giving us this uh, tale of the Mothman yeah, story. Juicy story waiting to uh, be told. Uh, this is definitely a movie that, that uh, she wishes, uh, if I if, if I could, honestly, I probably shouldn't speak for her in this. She'd probably beat me up. But I'll just say real quick that she wishes that, that it had been a little more intense. Because she's a big horror movie buff. And she feels that this was a bit, uh, for a supernatural-ish type of film, that it should have been more supernatural. So Yep. Agree with that. Paranormal. But the phone. No! Trapstick! <laughs> your shoe <laughs> under your bed. Fossil watch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you have a Bible in the drawer. <laughs> Says Gideon on the inside. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's in my pocket, Mothman? Fidget spinner. <laughs> <laughs> You have a $2 bill. Wow, I didn't even know they still made them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson that you learned from the Mothman prophecies. Hey, listener, if you got any suggestions or comments, write into please don't podcast at gmail.com. Message us on Facebook. Hey, we would like. I'm going to request a specific kind of email or message. If you got any supernatural stories that have, that uh, experiences that you've had, or movies uh, about things that you know a lot about that were just utterly disappointing, write in. We'd love to hear about that. Or email please don't podcast at gmail dot com or Facebook facebook dot com slash pdsmios. If you listen to us on iTunes or through the app. Uh, podcast app on iPhone. We'd appreciate it if you left us a star rating. It's really easy to do. It takes about two seconds, uh, maybe like 30 seconds, but it's a big help for us. If you could do that, we'd appreciate it. Check out the other podcasts on our podcast network. If you enjoy our particular sound, we recommend other things like there's the new episode of Pet Cinematary, which is, I believe, on a movie, a TV movie called Devil Dog from Hell. Uh, Aaron, okay. Aaron, have you heard about that? No. It's about a dog, a, a uh, not a Rottweiler, a, sure. uh, a German venture, I want to say. Okay. That uh, is possessed by the devil and wow. uh, possesses other people. I mean, aren't they all, though? Uh, all those German pinchers? No. They need love. How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> and a new episode of podcast of Skull. they talk about the 10th episode of the Masters of the Universe series where we get to find out a little bit about or- Orko's origins. His mysterious origins, perhaps? His 
mysterious. He comes out of a different dimension or planet or something. It's dimension, dude. And he spoiler. Has, he has a medallion with Whoa. tons of magical powers. Yep. And he yep. wants to have sex with his Orko cousin. What? Are you talking about the lady Orko? Yeah. It's not his cousin, right? No, they're related. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. But who knows how it the, what their dimension society is like? Yeah, I mean, they all rep- reproduce, uh, you know, asexually anyway, yeah. so it doesn't doesn't matter. They just lay an Orko egg. They, they, they put down those ropes, and an Orko comes out. <laughs> <laughs> just happens. Like a, like a reverse uh, death of Obi-Wan? Like yeah, just exactly. Like, yeah, it comes come back. <laughs> <laughs> you were the master, now I am the teacher. Wait, the student. Whatever. Anyways, it's great. Podcast Grayskull. Pet Cinematary. The Realist. Lots of good stuff. I thought I might um, plug another podcast. One of our friends records um, a podcast called Russophiles Unite, and I guested on it recently. Nice. I did um, a really cool silent film um, that was called Queen something. Elta Alita, Queen of Alita, Queen of Mars. Mars. Oh, cool. Let me get the right name. Battle Angel Alita. Man, that's coming out in December. I can't. Oscars, man. I know. I know. When has Robert Rodriguez ever let you down? I actually like his stuff, Joel. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, though. Well, it's a movie. It's it's Alita, Queen of Mars, and it's slightly sci-fi as well. Oh, cool. And it's a propaganda movie as well, <laughs> but it was cool. really entertaining, really creative, awesome costumes. Nice, really like Man Rayan or something. Nice, like, really that's awesome. Cool. So yeah, you should check out Russell Files Unite for all things Russian related. Yep, I also did an episode on that, but the season two of his show has not come out yet. We're both on that season two. Oh. Things so hasn't been released a little yet. bit later. Yeah. yeah, but there's lots of good episodes out already. Okay, I need a lesson from you guys about this movie, the Iceman prophecies. <laughs> the Ice. All about Bobby Drake and the what death he of predicted. A moth man. <laughs> death of a Mothman. Death of a Mothman. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, if I if there's anything that we can. Uh, any life lessons we can take from this movie and apply to ourselves and our lives. Um, <laughs> uh, I got a creepy one. A real creep, creeper one. Say, for example... <laughs> what, Joel? Did you say creepy? Yeah, yeah. Um, Alright, so... Um, something I learned from the Mothman prophecies. Yes, Aaron. If, uh, if you um, are trying to stalk someone say, multiple days in a row, and they happen to catch you, you can just say, I don't remember uh, being at your house the last three days. How did I end up in West Virginia? Please get that shotgun out of my face. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) There's your alibi. Claim insanity or... Or Or Mothman. Loss of time. (laughs) Sanity or Mothman. (laughs) (laughs) He used the Mothman maneuver. Not guilty. (laughs) Oh, you ate Twinkies and (laughs) the Mothman. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Anywho, that's my lesson I learned from the Mothman prophecies.
Aaron wants you to stalk. <laughs> My lesson from the Mothman prophecies is take pictures. Take more pictures. There you go. It's always good to have photographs of things that you're telling people about. And um, if they had some photographs of the Mothman, I'm sure they would have been real interesting. Yep, nobody nobody had a chance to. I don't know, Google Images has shown me a few images they, of the Mothman. They have shown you several photoshopped <laughs> images of... I don't know what you mean by this. Why do you keep uh, using Photoshop? Flying, flying goof. I don't think these have gone through some sort of Photoshop, Joel. None of those are from 1970, oh, they're, so... They're, <laughs> they're real, Joel. <laughs> I can't even, I'm trying so hard. A picture of Mothman at that McDonald's. <laughs> oh, it's real, Joel. <laughs> it's not real, Aaron. Mothman's just like a, like like pigeons, they're everywhere. Mothman. There's a Mothman among us. <laughs> and you're the Mothman, Joel. Charman. The pigeons <laughs> Char are descendants man. of the Mothman. <laughs> Pigeon man. Pigeons are the descendants of Mothman. Huh. I saw a giant thing. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a bird. It was too big to be a bird, but it, it flew over my house and it was just. And then it pooped on my car. Then I lost the last three days. One time, I went out to my car over here where we where we park, and it was just covered with bird crap. Like, I have no idea how it happened. Like there's nothing above your car to like no, exactly. represent where a bird could it's perch like and just not an all overhang. Day. It's like that. Right. Like a whole bunch of seagulls flew over and was like one, two, three, go <laughs> or something. <laughs> or it was the Mothman. I'm not sure. It could have been a Mothman. <laughs> it could have been. My lesson is that if you have a job as a reporter and you find yourself in a crazy situation where there seems like there might be a story here, you you really do need to get your boss's approval before sticking around in this, this thing. I know you're going through a hard time because your wife was killed by a, a mothman or something, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> and your car doesn't work. Your car magically doesn't work every now and, and then, but people, it's perfectly fine. People keep Someone sending you... shot you through time. Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> And you like you go you walked into a bathtub and you had different shoes on that that's a story point in this thing I think he like gets out of his car and he has different shoes whatever <laughs> anyways do your job that's all that's all I'm saying and maybe you won't end up in, in crazy town West yeah. Virginia yeah someday we're going to Point Point Pleasant we're going to Point Pleasant oh we are after we track down the Fresno alien next up Mothman. Oh, and I apologize to anybody who believes in the Bible codes, if that's, like, a real, like, thing that people have found wisdom from. I don't know. Uh, nobody's bagging on the Bible code. I'm going to go study some Sasquatch writings. Just give me a heads up. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back with some more knowledge for you guys. Yep. And I'm going to go climb into the mountains of Russia and possibly fall through a time warp and leave only my teeth behind. I don't remember what happens in the Diot Love Pass incident. Anyways, we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. If you or anyone you know
EarTrumpetAudio.com. Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs>